0: Hey, Jana, what do you love about working at Culver's?
1: The flexible hours, good work-life balance, seeing myself become a leader. But most of all, my co-workers. They're like
2: a second family to me.
1: Welcome to the true blue you. Apply at Culver's.jobs.
0: He's Bob. He's Kyle. And every Saturday morning, they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB.
1: Saturday morning to you. Oop, good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 five, five, is the numbers to get in. And call in early so we can answer your questions so you don't have to be the end of the line and and we don't get to your calls. We want to get to your calls. We are Buchanan Service Centers at 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and we got guaranteed breaks at 49th Avenue and Dodge. So we're on Dodge. Stop and see us. We'll help you fix your car or figure out what's going on with that going on. So I am Bob sitting next to me always as Kyle. Um, It's going to be a nice day out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting there. Let's get out and get that car fixed and figure out what it is so that you can get back and... uh, Get to the parts store and get the pick out what you need. Yeah, get the piece of cardboard out, lay it down underneath there so you don't get your back wet because it's still still melting a little bit. Yeah,
2: be a lot of that going on this week. Yeah. It's looking like good weather. Yeah, it looks like it's almost be a, hot rod weather.
1: Almost, yeah, you know, I seen this <laughs> this morning. Uh, what was it about seven o'clock? I seen a uh, motorcycle come down Dodge Street. Seems kind of mm. early for that. But uh, well,
2: I don't. know. We've all known somebody that's ridden a motorcycle year round.
1: Yes, we have. Yeah, I. I <laughs> we had one one employee many years ago. He would ride that when it was snowing. And he would come in there and park it outside. And it's like, what is your problem?
2: Yeah.
1: Well, there's too much salt out there for most motorcyclists, and there's too much gravel. And I don't know. I just was. I just heard this noise and looked around, and sure enough, it was a motorcycle. It's like, yeah,
2: what steer the steer into the skid? <laughs> yeah, steer into the skid. <laughs>
1: So what's our what's our latest on the? We, we got to know what's the latest on our weather balloon, our, our weather balloon flying over the country. I, I think uh, it's what?
2: I think they got like the Santa tracker or something going. Oh, on the it.
1: oh yeah okay, they got the balloon Santa tracker going on. Uh, I something
2: uh, North well, Carolina did it go over us? Oh yeah, a couple days ago. A couple believe. days ago, yeah. Seeing oh. on the news, I thought it was in, like Missouri. I, I didn't think it was moving as fast as it was. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Jet, screen, jet stream makes it go up and down or here around? I don't know. It just seems to. Yeah.
2: That's yeah.
1: what's in the news cycle, I guess.
2: Do we know it's a weather balloon? Is this somebody I, with just a life goal to go around the world in a hot air balloon? Well,
1: didn't we have one of those um, a few years ago where the guy launched and said his kids were in it and was flying over California or something like that, and it turns out his kids weren't in it after he got all the law enforcement and everything else. And Where were the kids at? They were in the ground. He oh. just He just said one was up in there. I I don't know why you would make such a thing like that. I mean,
2: it's a hot air balloon. I mean, goodness. Let's (laughs) not bring all this negativity to this wicker basket.
1: (laughs) All right, so over to the cars, you know, the car aspect of it. You know, I know there was a couple of things that we looked at. There's a a company out there. It's called the Nano Flow Cell, and this is something new that's kind of come into the car market. It's going to be able to take – Wastewater, seawater, wastewater as a base, and it's going to be able to turn that into and you know crack all the atoms that are going on there and be able to create electricity from there and be able to charge your car. So right now they've got somewhere in a neighborhood of a, a million miles on this particular car, in, all in in testing phase. But boy, wouldn't that be kind of nice?
2: So how is this working? I mean, are you just are you towing a trailer full of water? How much water does it take well, to make it's, one it, gigawatt?
1: <laughs> Well, I don't know that yet, but it's, it'd be no more than just filling up your gas tank kind of thing. I mean, everything you have to have, it seems to me like the automakers have always made it that you can go about two or 300 miles before you've got to fill up or do something else.
2: Because I've got this picture in my head of like an old 1800s mill, you know, turning out electricity by water flow. Yeah. The, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, at some point they only want you to go that far because you need to get out and stretch before you fall asleep or whatever else. So these cars, these EVs that are getting 500 miles, boy, most people can't drive 500 miles in well, one shot.
2: They got a kind heart and they care about people. Yeah. Trust me, I'm getting out of the car. I see something weird I'm looking at. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're only going to be by there once. So you might as well do it. So, But it would be nice to be able to have something that you can use. I mean, we got plenty of seawater. We've got plenty of wastewater. And if you could use that as a base, then to start generating electricity... That'd be a great thing to have We'd solve all our problems.
2: There needs to be a rule book as to what water you can put in this thing because me being the mechanic, I know what part I'm going to get to see. I'm going to get to see the guy... Putting raw sewage in there, and well, something's plugged up. I guess we'll take a look at it. What are
1: you using in
2: this tank? Yeah, because Is- remember when everybody was using the fryer oil for their oh, diesels, yeah, yeah, and the stuff we would see coming in, and they'd always leak. And I mean, you get a French toast one, you get a donut one, you get Burger King French fries guy and they don't clean the stuff out.
1: <laughs> we used to, we used to have one of those a guy come in with a uh, diesel suburban and it had a, it had a fuel like leak. Like a
2: 300 gallon tank yeah. in the back of it. Yeah,
1: had a few it had, had the uh and it had a diesel leak, but it didn't really, you know, it didn't smell like diesel, it wasn't a big deal. You get underneath there and it's th- coated. It's coated. It's coated in in this grease that's coming out of there and it's got the exhaust coated and but nothing seems to be burning. It smells great though. It smells like fresh Oh yeah,
2: she was getting that stuff from Krispy Kreme. <laughs> I remember that car.
1: <laughs> it's, and and uh, it's just, it, when you touch it, it was just goo. It was just goo everywhere.
2: I remember working on it. I ruined at least one shirt working on that thing.
1: <laughs> I don't know where that thing went. I think that just kind of went out of f- flavor, I guess, over a period of time.
2: yeah. Great idea. I mean, excellent ingenuity. Pulled it off great. It yeah, worked.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's plenty of places looking to get rid of that grease, that's for sure.
2: Every restaurant in town will give it to you for free. Yes,
1: yes. It's Because they
2: have to pay to have it taken away.
1: Yes, because it's such a gooey mess that they don't want it either, i tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's see. What, what else do we have going on? Um, Toyota. Toyota has topped the selling the most cars in 22 a little bit over 10 million cars that's quite a bit yeah yeah so they're not n- a bad car to get no they they're, am they're them uh, yep use them yeah good cars all the way around uh looks like Volkswagen ended up in number two at about 8.3 million cars okay so
2: that's pretty that's pretty good I don't know Volkswagen I mean me and Volkswagen kind of have our line drawn in the sand. Me too. <laughs> we kind of have our <laughs> line drawn in the sand.
1: I'm okay with you owning one. I did own one. <laughs> I owned one too. Mine was a '69 Bug though. It was really nice. Mine was, was a
2: '73 Bug. You remember it? that car? Oh, no,
1: I do. Yeah, easy to buy par- parts for it. Easy to work on. Yeah. You could pull the transmission with a 17 millimeter and a jack, and that was a, or the tra- uh, engine rather. Yeah. That was easy. But those days have kind of gone by. You don't see those many much anymore.
2: No, they aren't. As popular as they, I think that they should be. I mean, there there's billions of those made. Yeah, yeah, everybody. And I mean, there's people hot rotting them.
1: Yeah, everybody's kind of putting them into a resto mod, and the resto mod means you just take the old body, Make the old modern. style. Yeah, well, put, they're
2: putting Subaru engines in them.
1: Yeah, and everything underneath the bottom of it's all brand new: the running gear, the transmissions, engine. So it, it drives as a
2: modern car. Modern but looks car looks old.
1: Looks old, and that's kind of the rage anymore. And that's what everybody is kind of starting to do. And it, it is much nicer because an old classic car
2: takes old classic work.
1: Yeah, and you have to be ready for the, the soft suspension. You got the the non response in the steering, the dying in the morning when the car won't start. There's just a lot to it.
2: Yeah, you got to know a little bit about how the car works. Yeah, it's, it work. it's
1: uh, there's a lot of lot of we we're get we are completely spoiled now compared to the old cars. So. Oh
2: yeah.
1: All right, five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in and get a call, and uh, we'll be back in a minute. Having questions about the Mister Mechanic show? Just ask Siri. Hey Siri,
2: who is the real Mister Mechanic?
0: He's a god among men, a true mechanical genius, a wrench in a box full of nuts.
2: Right, but like,
1: who is he? Like, what's his name?
0: He's a car whisperer, a true auto part Einstein, an automobile Casanova.
1: Yeah, I get all that. Like, he's great with cars. Got it. But what's his real name?
0: Oh, it's Steve. Oh, makes sense.
1: Have car questions? Then just ask Siri the Mechanic. Or better yet, call in to the Mr. Mechanic Show. They kind of know what they're doing. The Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Visit us online at BuchananService.com. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 five, five, is the numbers to get in so we can help you answer that question so you can get out and fix that car or, or figure out the last car or new car, used car. You know if you're looking to buy something, the market's getting a little bit different, a little, a little
2: better now. It's getting you know? into hot rod season, right around the corner. Oh yeah. We can answer your calls about that.
1: Yeah, good. you know, it's getting you, you better get that stuff done.
2: Yeah. I've got You know that thing hasn't started in five months.
1: I've got a project I'm working on. It was a summer project a winter project, putting a radiator in the old classic. You know, I'm,
2: Mine's a summer project from last year that got put off to winter. The, you know, now the, it's winter time and it's probably really been. getting put off.
1: Yeah, it will go back into the
2: summer. It's yeah. uh, so here this week, you know, I might get out there and look at it, and figure out where I was, <laughs> change my mind seven or eight times, and you know, get something done.
1: Well, it's something to do when you're bored, and you're probably bored all the time. I'm sure
2: <laughs> you can only imagine.
1: <laughs> you know, here's a here's a uh, an article that I don't remember if I did or not, but I was gonna put it out there again. The most recalled automaker in 22. Hmm. That was Ford at 8.6 million.
2: Well, what was that recall? Uh they, I didn't hear about that one.
1: These are all these are these are from the little things to the big things. Okay.
2: All the way across the board. Ford has little things.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> Volkswagen has 5 million, Uh Tesla had 3.7 million.
2: Oh, that's G- not surprising. I mean, they're kind of new to the game. Yeah, but there's trial and error involved. <laughs> a
1: lot of trial and error involved. Uh and GM at 3.3. So that's the top 4. And I'm, you know.
2: When did recalls start? I mean, because clearly, I mean, the Model T came out, and I mean that's about the time
1: they started, right? Then.
2: I mean, do you think people were coming in with problems and they're like, "Yeah, we're not fixing that."
1: Yeah, well, that was, and
2: then all of a sudden, people kind of got together and like, "Maybe you should fix it." (laughs) (laughs) Ain't no way this thing (laughs) came out like this. Well. That's
1: the way it was designed. I'm going to
2: do my research next week. We'll talk about that.
1: Why does it always pull left? Well, that's just the way we built. You know, we, yeah. the, the 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 roads are crowned, and some are crowned Here more. Here in we, a
2: few years, they're going to make a race that only goes left. We're getting ready for that now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they did. Look at that. Yeah. Who, who Lo knew? Lo and behold,
1: NASCAR. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you can't switch the field. I realize that the uh, the, the the steering wheel is on the left hand side, so you want to go left.
2: Well, I mean, it's like that with everything.
1: Though. But why can't you go right? Why can't you make a half I mean, the go races to a, go right?
2: A roller skating rink, everybody's going counterclockwise.
1: Wouldn't that make it such a fun race? I mean, we want we want to watch them go quick and fast and all that kind of thing. But sure. you know, we also want to watch them crash. I know you won't admit that. Nobody admits that. But that's what they want to see is the crash.
2: And those are the same people that slow down to see a wreck on the highway. Ab- ab- yes,
1: absolutely. Boy, that drives me nuts. Yeah. We don't want to get anybody hurt, but we do want to see the crash. Oh, yeah. That's why I've
2: got an app on my phone that just shows me cars getting shredded. <laughs> I've got hours and hours of footage of cars going through a shredder.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, well, you know, or, or parking over top the train track. I never under. That would seem to be like the.
2: Oh, yeah. Especially when it's the big trucks. I'm amazed. And you know they know what's happening.
1: I'm amazed at how many cars or, or trucks get stalled over top <laughs> of railroad tracks that they don't get stalled anywhere else. It just seems like an odd. What are the
2: odds of that? I a, mean, the lottery, the lottery odds are better than that. It
1: would seem, it's, yes. You got what? Six, six eight feet that you got to clear, and that's it. That's all yeah. you got to do.
2: But yeah, you get stuck on it. I, I just know. hope that <laughs> that car had a check engine light for like 100,000 miles. Oh, so, no, it'll be all right. <laughs> Not today. Not today. <laughs>
1: And here's where the lights, this is where it's going to die. I mean, it just, it seems odd that it always dies on top of the river. Yeah, I mean,
2: there's lights going, there's a bar that comes down, there's these tracks on the ground that maybe tell you something might happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right here. Yeah, it's not like there's any warning signs that you could say, I wonder what it's, that's about.
2: It's not going to swerve and miss you. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's going
1: to go right through you every time.
2: And there's just some guy sitting behind the wheel of that train just, mm-hmm. well.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonder how, his
2: phone out now.
1: I wonder how this is going to turn out. <laughs> doesn't turn out very good. The train always wins, by the way. Yeah. All the... Well, here's something else. Um, in another article I read here. Switzerland. Because there's such a crisis over in... Uh, with everything going on in Ukraine and over in Europe, they're having kind of an energy crisis a little bit. Okay. So they are thinking about... Haven't done it, but they're thinking about banning some uh, electric cars. Sure. So that they can save the power grid and everything else for...
2: I get that. Well, th- I mean, so many of those... European countries in that part of Europe I mean bicycle is still yeah main source of transportation yeah it, it's a, so, I mean their power grid isn't used to this kind of hit
1: no no and if you look at some of those countries that are out there and you compare them to United States you realize just how big United States is yeah you know and I think it was uh, we looked the other day I think it had to do with you can spend a whole day driving through Texas and not see a thing. Yeah, I think it was Canada really that had the most landmass, and it was Russia behind that and the United States after that. So, the big third, of course, you can't use much in Canada. I mean, you can always use no, a, well, about I mean, a third of it, I think.
2: Yeah, unless you're big into ice. Maybe half,
1: but that's. that's Permafrost a, area, yeah. That's about it. That is about it. So, yeah, when you. And everything's small over there. That's why, that's why everything was small over in Europe, because you got small streets. And, you know, we, we built them, you know, in certain parts of the city, you know, things are very tight as far as getting down the road. Mm-hmm. And then you go out to San Diego, L.A., you know, things like that, and you got 10-lane freeways running up and down.
2: And it's not enough. No. There's still traffic jams. There's one right now, I guarantee it. I
1: guarantee it, too. It's on a Saturday morning. Probably Sunday morning there's a traffic jam. Mhm, trying to get go somewhere.
2: Got to get to church. <laughs> we got to leave at 4 if we want to get there by 10.
1: Yes, yes, it's only 10 miles away, too. How terrible would that be? So, yeah,
2: you can just walk that out.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you can't really use that uh,
2: I was literally in a traffic jam in Dallas one time on the highway parked. Wasn't prepared to be in this particular situation, wasn't happy about it at all, to say the least. Put the car in park, got out of the car, walked up the off-ramp, went to the gas station, got a soda and a bag of chips and a sandwich, walked <laughs> back down, nothing had moved. Nothing had I mean, you're talking at least probably 20 minutes it took me to make this adventure? Yeah. My yeah. wife was not happy about it. What, was
1: it some accident or something?
2: No, just the day. <laughs>
1: just today, yeah, yeah,
2: no, I, would. I never saw an accident, maybe there was one, and it got was, cleaned up in the midst of me being there, but yeah, I was not thrilled. <laughs> yeah.
1: no, I get it. I've been the same thing, just mostly on the west coast where that happened. Here's another article out of this is an interesting article out of uh, China. This particular gentleman uh, was driving a Chinese built Haval H6 crossover.
2: okay. what is
1: what was that problem? Well, his his, uh, his brakes failed to engage. It was a- unable to disable, and uh, he just had to to write it out instead of trying to. Uh, it just kept going. Mm-hmm. The throttle was kind of stuck and had to just keep going. So when he called the highway patrol and or whatever they are over there, and then they followed him, kind of cleared all the traffic, and so he couldn't. I don't know why he couldn't shut the key off. This is it doesn't it doesn't say anything. There's got to be a
2: kill switch on everything that moves. I know it. I mean, there's one on a lawnmower.
1: And maybe, well, he was stuck behind the wheel for more than 300 miles until he was basically at about 62 mile an hour, and he was able to uh, just kind of run it out of gas.
2: Can you imagine, like, having a long day at work and being, like, just at your exit to <laughs> go home, and that happens? <laughs> <laughs> Three. This one's going into overtime. <laughs> 300
1: miles. That's, I mean, holy moly. That's a jaunt. Yeah. You're going to be sore when you get out of that. And it just has to die. There's got. I mean, yeah. That, then you
2: uh, got to pee. What do you do? Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: there's a lot of there's a lot
1: of things going on with this particular story. It's get this sure. guy on
2: the phone. I got questions. <laughs> Speaking of getting on the phone, where's everybody at? Are they already fixing the car? Must I haven't heard from anybody. Are we on? Yeah. I we'll have to find. I have to grab a phone book. Somebody's getting a call today.
1: Yeah, so that's what we're going to have to do. I tell you what. Yeah, and uh, I, I just I can't fathom that you can't just turn the key off yeah i mean you should be able to turn the key off unless it's got one you of those think. push buttons but i have had a push button car before we couldn't shut off
2: we i've just, seen that yeah. we just
1: kept pressing it and the car would
2: just kept running but i mean you still got neutral you got a parking brake i mean you, you got you, some way you, to yeah i
1: can't think of how much of that failed maybe there's just more to the story that i don't know but it was just interesting that he had to drive 300 miles yeah maybe he had the cruise control on couldn't get it off well, that sounds more plausible I, Had yeah. the cruise control on at 62 mile an hour and he couldn't disable it. There's usually an off switch to that. Yeah, I don't know. It should be. Well, it happened in China. Didn't happen here. Yeah. Here we probably would have just run it off the road into a yeah. ditch and got it to go flying. And maybe if you're yeah, rolled
2: it'd be, it would be some Dukes a Hazard scenario. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm figuring out something else. I don't think I am driving 300 miles until it runs out of gas.
2: Yeah, put this thing into a skid or something, yeah. take it sideways. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Open the door. Smile. <laughs> Run it into some water. Yeah, I don't know. It'll stop pretty quickly then. You bet it will. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558 1110. Give us some calls so we can talk to you. We'll be back. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We are Buchanan Service Center. It's the 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and guaranteed breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge. 49th Avenue and Dodge. So, yep. There we go. Stop in and see us. All right, we're going to head over to Tom. Tom has got a tire question, tire pressure question. Go ahead, Tom.
3: Hey, guys. Enjoyed your sh- enjoyed your show for many years. Good. Here's, here's the question I got for you. Um, your take on what the recommended tire PSI should be. For example, on my 2021 Subaru Forcer, the door jam says 35 front, 33 rear, and on my 2020 Toyota Tacoma SR5 four wheel drive, it says 32 all the way around. Mm -hmm. every time i take either vehicle into the tire shops for a rotation and balance check they just automatically set them at 35 or 36 and that's what despite what the manufacturers say on the car door jamb that's what they recommend for best longevity um i always thought that the manufacturers put kind of a ridiculously low psi on the door jams for comfort as opposed to long life on the tires because they put you know OEM tires aren't the best to begin with. What, what is your take on that?
1: Well, you know, we don't arbitrarily just hang them to one spot. I mean, we, we look in the doors, and if it says 35, um, we'll probably bump them, especially in the cold weather, we'll bump them to 36 or 37. We usually go 2 PSI sure. above what it says because – it, it, at night, when it gets down to zero and the light comes on, you know, and then you, you get a call back, say, hey, what's the deal? You know, we, we just try to bump mm-hmm. them up a little bit. So that's what we normally do. In the winter, in mm-hmm. the summertime, you know, we kind of stick close to where it's at. And the reason we do that is try, try to keep that pesky you know, tire light out.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, I, be, people frequently see the TPMS light come on for no good reason.
1: Yeah, and you know you, that's what you're trying to do. And sometimes now, if if we're hauling, um, if, if you know if I'm hauling a trailer, then I'll pump them up to like 40, because I get a little better gas mileage. It, um, you know, a tire's a little bit harder. But if you're just driving around town with those two, I would probably keep them right at where they're at, or maybe just a few pounds above. Sure. Um, but I tell you what, tire pressure is such a weird thing because every car that I see that come in and I check tires are is all over the map. Either, yeah. either yep. they don't check the tires and they're all low or they're all at 50, 60 pounds when
2: they shouldn't be. You get one at 90 and the rest at 10.
1: The thing that uh, I see a lot is that um, a lot of people will look on the side of the tire and put the tire pressure up to the what it says on the side of the tire. And what it says there is that's maximum air pressure that that tire could hold. So a lot right. of times you'll see them at 45, 50, sometimes 60. So. So to answer your question, I guess, is what we do is put them in, you know, right at it or just a few pounds above. So
3: I, always thought the old, I always thought the old rule was um, every 10 degrees plus or minus from room temp is worth about a pound PSI. So if you wanted 35 effectively and it's 80 degrees out, you want to put it at about 34. And if it's uh, 40 degrees, you want it at about 38. I mean, something like that. Yeah. that kind of makes sense?
1: They'll select, you know, in the winter time, they'll drop a little bit quicker. Um, in the in the summertime, if you got 80, 90 degrees outside, you know they'll jump four or five pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, start yep. off at forty, and next thing you know, it's 45, 46. So, uh, depending on how much heat's in it, but but they but the manufacturers keep them tire pressures where they want for. I don't know if they so much want tire wear wear warranty; they don't much care. But I think it has more to do with the stability of the vehicle, and that's why they're staggered sometimes, and sometimes they're normal all the way around. It's more of of how the car drives and how the car handles.
3: Well, you can definitely see that that variance on the front versus rear tires on a front-wheel drive car because vast, vast majority of the weight of the car is on the front end as opposed to the rear. It is.
1: It is. And then also you want more, you know, you get a fair amount of better gripping in the rear too because now brakes are starting to come in. The first apply of the brakes is coming in the rear now instead of the front. That's why you don't have such the nose dipping that you have before when you step on the brakes, so. A lot of things go into it, way, way more than uh, than we know about tire wear, and that's why they put the pressure there.
3: Okay, guys, thanks for your help and your opinion, all right? You bet.
1: Not a problem. Appreciate you listening. All right, we're going to head over to Steve. Steven's got into 16 Hyundai Santa Fe. Steven, what's going on? You there? Oh, hang on. We're getting
3: him. Are we on? Yeah, yeah there we go. Steven? Okay. Hyundai. 2016 with the 2.4 GDI with 3,000 to 4,000 mile oil changes, synthetic, and the factory filter. And it's using about a quart and a half between oil changes. So, what's the field uh, experience you guys have with that engine? Mm.
1: Mm. Well, um, (laughs) you can call Hyundai. I mean, they've had quite a bit of problem with oil consumption problems yeah, on that car. I'd probably be the well, not so much that car, but that engine. That that engine can go in a lot of different things, and that'd uh, probably be the first place I would call and and Is see if it's okay.
2: turbo or non turbo engine.
1: No, it's two point
2: four liter uh, front wheel drive only. Just yep. tri- yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. They have, a- they have had a certain amount of problems with uh, certain engines. I can't remember what years they all are, but I think yours might fall within that, where they've had a problem with consuming a fair amount of oil. Now, you may have to go back, and you're going to need to document that. Instead of just going in and asking them, you're going to need to say, hey, I changed my oil here it's a quart and a half oil here, and uh, this or two quarts down. Um, Hyundai
2: so, on their website actually has a oil consumption worksheet. That's part of a campaign for, I think it was piston rings or something. yeah, piston rings. They had failing.
1: You would be surprised at how the manufacturers, not just Hyundai, but how all the manufacturers, what what is acceptable for a quart of oil to be lost in? I think it's oh about,
2: yeah, Toyota. I mean, two years ago, they said 700 miles to put a quart of oil in. Yeah, it's not out of the ballpark.
1: Right, right. And you don't no. see that. I mean, that's just their loose deal. So about a quart to a 1,000 most time is what I what I see, but you don't generally have that problem, but that's what their acceptable limit is. Oh. So,
0: well, comparing
3: it to my 97 Ranger, which I know you guys are fond of, the Mike 2.4 on that one, it's a about half a quart between 4,000
1: mile oil just It's amazing. <laughs> the, the cars that we see that, that sometimes you don't have any problems with, uh, synthetic, you'd, you definitely will burn more oil in synthetic because it's such a, a uh, low viscosity oil that it pulls it past the rings much easier. Just about every synthetic car I see out there, and we're pretty much all going to synthetic, it just consumes oil. So well,
3: that's recommended and to it keep is. the warranty. It is. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's it, exactly what you're putting in there. I'm just saying that uh, you will see higher consumption of oil of any vehicle yeah. that has synthetic in it because it is just so thin.
3: Well, thanks for your observation. Yep,
1: you bet. Appreciate the call. Good gotcha. job. Brad, we're going we're to head over to Brad. Brad's got a Dodge Caravan. Brad, what's going on today?
3: Well, let's see. I've got a
0: 2013 Dodge Company van. 290,000 miles and it came equipped I've been driving it in about 4 months it came equipped with the factory remote start works fine except it runs about 10 seconds shuts off and then this thing on the dash says system is disabled start vehicle to reset
1: start system hmm. well that's an odd yeah. that's an odd problem what what year was it again 2013. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's kind of a weird deal. Uh, Check engine lights. Anything else on?
0: Nothing is on. I've got, I've got, no, nothing is on.
1: Okay. Well, that's basically that that's going to go through a, the computer and the computer is going to, you know, obviously start up the car. So it must Mm -hmm. see something in there. Um, Boy, the first Things that I would probably look at is it might need a software upgrade. Possible. Um,
0: what, was,
2: what was the message again? The message
0: is, says says a remote start system is disabled. Uh, restart uh, vehicle to reset. So you do that and then, you know, let it run a while, drive it, shut it off, try the remote again. Same thing. Runs 10 seconds and shuts off. Sure.
1: So it, it all has to sit hit a certain parameters in order for everything has to say, okay, this is good, this is good, it's in park, you know, there's mm-hmm. no check engine light. It has to meet all those parameters before it will shut off. My guess is that there's something that the computer says that is not quite right. That's why well, what have you done so far with it?
0: I have not done a thing.
1: Okay. So I think the first thing that you, you gotta kinda do is look into have somebody look into it look into with a scanner see if there's any particular codes in there because the okay. the check engine light probably won't come on for this particular problem, but there'll be okay. a host of other communication codes um, that can be in there that will direct somebody to where that problem is.
2: Check the body okay. control module yeah. as well, not just the computer. Don't take it to O'Reilly's and just have them scan the PCM. The body control <laughs> module is going to be okay. right. crucial to this system communicating. The PCM and the BCM are going to want to – communicate together if there's any loss of communication for whatever reason or any one of these is setting a code after startup because in the first maybe second and a half to three seconds after the car started it's running its own self-diagnostic
3: right and if
2: anything fails it's going to shut that down Mm -hmm. so be sure that we do a multi-module scan on this Um, I know that Chrysler has had some bulletins put out for software updates for this particular issue whether that's okay. de- covered in your case i mean would depend on those codes that they find if there is any
1: right so there is a dive that you know you can do the check engine light at, at uh, you know the, the parts stores like kyle was saying and that's only going to get you just what's going on with the check engine light but there's a deep yep. dive that you can do into the body control module. There's all sorts of stuff. I mean, it, literally, there can be a hundred, fifty different codes mm-hmm. in that car, and a lot of them are going to okay. pertain to what's going on with yours. So, okay. that's the first place to start. So, take it to a competent mechanic and have
0: him um, and have him scan it.
1: You yep. Got it. Yep. It might might need to have a, a software update and. A lot of times in newer cars here, and this is fairly new still. It's uh, software yeah. update solves all your problems. Where yeah, there's you'll,
2: not, you'll get a car in and think you have some major issue, and you're going to be head over heels and wiring and modules, and mm-hmm. you reflash it, and away you go.
1: It's no different than your home computer. When it doesn't work, you just do an update, and all of a sudden, all your problems that you were having are gone. Same kind of situation. So, okay, good place to start. Yep, appreciate Thank it. So Thanks, much. Brad. Thanks for calling. Hi. Right. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We'll be back in a minute. All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. We are going to head straight into the calls and get everybody answered here. We're going to head over to Bob. Bob's got an O2 Grand Cherokee. Bob, what's going on?
0: Hey, guys. Morning, it's, it's your old buddy, Bob. On uh, my Jeep, the blend doors on the driver's side, to blow cold in the winter and hot in the summer and vice versa on the the passenger side works and i know my son had that gone into with jones oh years ago and they had to tear the whole dash out on it to get at it because mm-hmm. then they had to redo it again
1: Yep. so some you do some you how, don't. how much do you have to some are easy, and some are like a blend door, and uh, not a blend door, but a recircul- recirculation door. Usually, always are pretty tough. But you know, you never replace that. That
2: particular too much. one is not going to be easy. I know that because I have one coming in this week. I think. Yeah, oh, there you go. I diagnosed a couple weeks ago. But yeah, it's you're taking the whole dash out. You're getting that box out and taking it apart too. So yeah, it's plan on. Yeah, a couple get, days. Free up get, a couple days. It gets quite involved.
0: So no drilling holes and getting there and flapping the door around? Or, uh, there's a video <laughs> online
2: of a guy doing that, um, and I'm not saying – I mean, his work when it was done, sure, great, cool, fun. But um, be very – don't have a beer when you're doing that job because you're going to be <laughs> millimeters away from your evaporator core and your heater core. Yeah, so you're saying drilling uh, – or so you're drilling new holes for, like, cup holders? No, That's you're looking they, looking? they want you to cut a hole in the oh, box behind okay. the glove know. box. But, I yeah, there is a, a video hole. of a guy doing that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, be very cautious in doing that.
1: You'll have rattles and squeaks, squeaks when you're done there. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not going to be any fun, Bob. It's not. It's gonna...
0: that, 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 that automatic. got the automatic controls on it, Matt.
1: And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: you need to pull the glove box and everything, even just to fill in there and feel if that, yep. that door is working from
2: Yeah, it's a, you hear. it's a really weird setup on this one. It's kind of a two-part actuator that you can't really, I mean, until you're inside the box, it's really hard to see how it works. Because essentially, you got two doors right next to each other. And... From the outside, you can't really get the gist of how it's working, or even a if it's working. There's one motor, and the shaft in the middle of it breaks.
1: Yeah, this and, is probably a seven or eight on the wrench scale. So, uh, I yeah, would, I, yeah, I'd I'd be figured, careful getting you know, involved.
2: First, yeah, when they got to
0: yank yank the dash out, you know, I,
1: yeah.
0: I'm not that great on the wiring that.
1: No, right. yeah, yeah, I'll live with it. All right, Bob. <laughs> All appreciate right. the call right, we, thanks buddy you bet bye-bye all right we're gonna head over to uh troy troy's got a 19 pacifica troy what's going on
2: hey um i saw a couple videos and oh by the way and i love the no beer comment that was hilarious no <laughs> yeah no guys. beer for this repair <laughs> um anyway uh so i've seen some videos online uh, with the 2019 2020 pacificas where you can undo a little wiring harness by the by the start stop battery and it'll shut that system off what's your opinion of doing that
1: I wouldn't see any reason why. Get rid of that start stop technology if you don't like it. And if it's easy to do, then yeah, go ahead and do it. Just don't don't cut it to the point where you can't fix it again if it causes other problems.
2: No, all you have to do is unplug it. Yep. Just just a small wiring harness. You just unplug it. Okay. Go right ahead. You'll be fine.
1: All right. Yeah, I hate some of that technology, and uh, it's just weird.
2: Yeah, and you got to remember to push the button when you get in. Every yeah. Time Not for me.
1: All right, another week, another week, Kyle. All right, uh, five five eight eleven ten is the number to get in next week. Call in early so we can get all it done. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week. This internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. It's the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla Speedtest Intelligence Data Q3 2022 in Cox serviceable areas. Learn more at cox.com internet.